Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good to be back. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. And uh, as always, just a reminder, if you're watching on WarChant TV and you haven't liked, then do it. And if you haven't uh, subscribed yet, do that as well. What's the deal there, Tommy? $29.99 or whatever it is all the way to uh, the end of August? Is that, is that what we got going on? I believe on? that's the special. I think it is, too. Just under 30 ducats. And you're all set through camp. That'll work. Hey, you know, it's our first day back. You and I uh, and our lovely wives spent a great weekend together and taking in the music and the sun and the beach and all that good stuff. But, you know, one thing we didn't talk about while we were over there together was the fact that uh, it's been really a a good kind of quiet in the portal. Yeah. It's been a good kind of quiet. Now, look, I get it. We haven't been on the air since Zane Herring left. And I know the devastation has felt all over Tallahassee. but. Uh, I will say that uh, if that's what we're going to hear and that's all you're going to get, I mean, we had we already talked about Brendan Gant. That uh, uh, it was unfortunate, but well, full disclosure on the business side of the operation at Warchant, we have shifts. You know, shifts for <laughs> yeah, breaking news because December yeah. taught us, like, oh my God, people need a breather. You know, you need some time to know that you're not going to be called into action. And for several of those days at the beach, you guys would gallivant, and I yeah. would. St- Stay around until four just Eastern, in case just or something. Case. Yeah, yeah. And it was remarkably quiet. Mm-hmm. It really was. It's a good kind of quiet. Let's hope we it like stays that, that way. Uh, I would, you know, what's going to be interesting is is what does Florida State do themselves in the portal? Like, what do they go out and pursue, as opposed to, you know, I mean, I think most fans, uh, and I'm like this too. With the advent of the portal, you just sit around and look at your own roster and thinking about, okay. Who's the candidate to leave? Who's somebody that, if I looked at it through a different prism, I could see their vision, right? I could see why they would do it. And you get kind of nervous because you can make a case for a lot of guys where if the goal is, you know, immediate playing time. Because as the roster improves, there's not as much of that. And so you do, you start wondering. Um, But it's also a place where in the past we've been obviously very aggressive. And this is the first time. I think in a while we're. I don't think we're going to be very aggressive. I, I think um, we'll be, you know, tepid, lukewarm, aggressive, somewhere in that area. I, I think maybe two, three positions. That's about it. Um, and 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 I think they're all obvious to us too. I think it's one of those things where, you know, we don't have to 
talking between the lines here. I think everybody that watched this team last year, watched the spring game this year, has heard us uh, give context through practice reports and uh, daily shows. Uh, know that uh, we're all a little iffy about the safety position. We're a little little worried there about quality depth or lack thereof. I think uh, I've certainly rung the bell about linebacker. And then I think the other one is probably defensive line, uh, defensive end. Uh, I, I think that that's probably an area where you don't think you have real quality depth. What this feels like to me actually is a professional experience. You know, the professional fandom of the trade deadline is coming. You've got a contender. Mm-hmm. Who can you get to put you over the top? And that happens. That's for a good feeling. My hockey team. It happens for the baseball team, even though they never get over the top. They're active in the, the trade deadline market. But that's what this transfer portal feels like, whereas past windows for Florida State off seasons have been about get me as many bodies as you can. Oh, yeah. Of capable anything. Anything. Can you play at all? Anything at all. <laughs> Long snapper. Long snappers. We need you. Whatever. This is now about, uh, all right, we like what we have at most of the position groups. What can put us over the top? We need to be selective. It's a great place to be. Yeah, so with what has transpired, uh, I think Florida State's pretty close to being where they need to be numbers-wise. I see Curtis asking that question. Um, You know, I, I think that there's maybe another guy or two that we'll probably hear from. And is is my opinion. I, I think there'll be one or two guys that uh, will maybe take it on down the road. Yeah, before the deadline. These things always work out. These numbers always work. Like I, I wouldn't be worried. It, it, you know, if you're thinking about, are we at the threshold right now? Do we have room? If they need to make room, they will make room. And it, this is the business. It's been that way for a long time. Um, it's more out in the open with NIL now, but. It's just if they find somebody that's a fit and they're at 85, they're not going to say no to the guy because they're well, we're full here. Sorry, we can't take you. If you can find a, a game-changing safety or rush end, they'll take it. I think they will too. And I and I think the more that I think about this, first of all, April is flying past, right? We're almost in May. And you know how I get in May? I start telling you about how close we are to June. And the reason I do that is because – It's once, your birthday. Well, that's that's right. But the other reason I do that is because – Man, you make it to June. It's football season, baby. Come on, hang in there. You just got to find a way to manipulate the next 60 days. <laughs> make it go by quick. But we are really hyper-focused on this season, this team, this program, in a way we haven't been in years. And I'm really worried that it's going to be an interminable summer because I wanted to be here so badly. I'm so pumped to see this team play. I was actually sad. I know it involves a lot of work for us. But I was kind of sad when spring ended just because I like watching this team play. They're, they're, they're a fun team to play. We've had basketball teams like this. We've had some baseball teams like this where you just like them. In addition to rooting for them because they're your team, your school, and all that, you just like them. And this football team is a really eminently likable group. Like, I like a lot of the guys on this team. They go to work. They go to work, and they get after it, and they hold each other accountable, and they like it. Like, football's hard. I say that all the time to people. Football is hard, man. Practicing football is really hard. It's not it's not fun. Most of the time, it's not fun. Uh, the games are great. The games are really fun. It's one of the most rewarding things you could ever do. But I get a sense these guys like practicing. It's cool to watch. Look, it's because they know where everything needs to be, when it needs to be done by. It's the regiment, I think, that allows them to feel free when they're at practice. You know, there are some issues that they'll have from time to time, but you don't see pouting. Mm -mm. You don't see guys having to be cajoled to work hard. 
Like, there's none of that. And I know that might be peeking behind the curtain. Maybe they don't want that reveal, but it's good. It's a good news thing. They just go to work, and there there really aren't issues. If they have a dust-up, it's because of passion, and your blood is boiling because you're competing against each other every day. It's not for being dramatic. There is none of that. Well, we talked about buy-in way back when Mike got here, and we talked about how it's hard. You know, you got to get everybody to see the vision that you have and believe in it and, and buy into it. But then there's ownership. And you take ownership of the team in that locker room. And they certainly have done that, which has led to the coaches not having to do as much, you know, at least in terms of that motivation part that you're referencing. Those guys are self-motivated. You know, Coach Storms talks about it, too. They transform their bodies. You you can't do that by accident. You've got to work really hard. So I I think that's why we're so eager. I would be very surprised uh, if we don't hear about Florida State grabbing a safety, a linebacker, and um, and maybe maybe even a defensive end and wide receiver. So I guess I could maybe, I guess I could stretch it out to four maybe. If the wide receiver is, is not a game changer, then they do have to be good at returning punts. That's just my personal rule. They don't have to listen to it, but that should be the rule. If you're going to take a receiver, A, option A, they're a game breaker as a football player in non-special teams functions. Great, that's a take. If not, they must, must <laughs> have experience in yeah. their resume as yeah. a punt returner. Yeah, and that's one I'm stretching it. Like, I, I don't know that we're going to go get a receiver. I'm not trying to imply that we are going to get a receiver. I would be very surprised if we didn't go get a safety, didn't go get a linebacker. I, I would be surprised if they didn't do that. Maybe not shocked, but surprised. And again, it has to be a right fit. You know, they have a policy for all this. We've dwelled on it quite a bit because I think it's a secret to success uh, that they've had a set of parameters that they follow. And and I think they know that, that that has to work. That's how you keep the locker room together in a weird time to try to keep the locker room together. Money's being dispersed unevenly and people come and go as they wish and all that. It's hard to keep everybody happy, but they've been able to do that because they've adhered to that rather stringent um, kind of set of rules that they have when they bring somebody in. So that does make it more difficult. Like you can find a guy out there who can really play, but maybe he's leaving that school because he's not a great fit. He's not a great guy. He's not a whatever. He's not, he's not a team guy. And, um, he's sometimes these guys are in the portal for a reason. And, and it's not just because they want more playing time. It's that they weren't welcomed where they were. So they'll have to find guys that fit all that. And who knows? Um, but I mean, it's already what the 24th. So we're, we're moving quickly here. Well, between that and then the recruiting as well. And Michael has us covered at warchant.com with all of those developments, but we're doing so at a higher level. The whole high school recruiting thing is starting to work for us because we're winning football games and kids say, all right, when this other coach says, Mike, you're about to get fired, they're lying because you just had a 10-win season. You're going to be around. I like you, so I'm going to say yes to you. It's just fun to see how some of those position groups that we have really bemoaned Mm. for being thin for years have flipped. Offensive line recruiting is completely different, night and day. Wide receiver recruiting after last year's class with Hakeem and Vandravius now continues. They, they mm-hmm. might bring in six guys. I know, it's nuts. Just got the number one tight end in the country. Yes. That's a position that you've been lamenting for a long, long time. It's much, much better. So that, that'll help us get to the June, the magic month, where it is actually football season again. When you click on, uh, I, like, I, I like for Michael to be extremely busy right now. I want him to be just like in over his head, tired of having to report about another kid. In this case, a, a four-star safety or a five-star tight end That's or right. a four-star defensive tackle. Put a thread out there. Stop asking me questions. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. 
Uh, five-star wide receiver. You mentioned, uh, what is it, Jashisa? Am I saying that name right? Could be. Um, that kid? Yeah, there's a bunch of kids that are, you're right, interested in Florida State that wouldn't have been a year ago. And uh, you were right not to try to venture into those waters, by no the chance. way. Yeah, I like that. I learn when you get here as an early enrollee because I want you to be an early enrollee. I don't like these uh, <laughs> summer term enrollments. Blake Nicholson, where you been, baby? Yeah. But once you get here, then I know your name. I know how to spell it, though, by signing day because we make graphics and stuff. Well, I want him to be busy, and I want to venture over there on the rec on the recruiting board, Tom, where I never go. <laughs> where I never go. I want a reason to go there and click on those stories. I, I like that, though, that yeah. you admit that openly, oh, that I, you call it the recruiting board, which is not its name. I don't know what it's called. What's the it PRB. Called? It's the premium recruiting board. Okay. But it's the PRB for short. Okay. But you don't know that because no, I've never been there. That's right. <laughs> if I hear about a kid, I go, "Hey, Michael, who's that kid? The, yeah. Who's the tight end? Oh, really? Cool. That's that's the extent of our conversation." And then he'll say, "Well, we've got a a four star defensive tackle that's looking at us as well. Where's he from? Oh, cool." <laughs> That's it. That's that's my interaction. Jeff, this has been on the PRB for weeks. It's, oh, sure. I'm sure it has. Um, but, yeah, I want a reason to go over there. I want to go, look, at who's this five-star dude? Who's this guy? I, I like that kid right there. It takes a lot for you to stand out to me in recruiting. I have to really be wowed. Mm -hmm. I remember. Eddie I, Goldman. Yes, Eddie Goldman. That's right. I remember thinking, holy moly, would you look at this man? Yeah. He comes in for a weekend visit. I was stunned. To Timmy Jernigan, and he's yeah. larger already. Yeah, and yeah. Timmy, and I think before him, Tim Jernigan was probably the last guy that I was really pumped about. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I did I did forecast uh, crystal ball. I don't know what they call it. I did that uh, Naughty to the Knowles. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was Derek Naughty was the last guy I was really. Naughty was a great pull on your part. That was. It was. Because at the time that I declared it, nobody else was. I think it's. I think we have the RPM. The recruiting prediction. I don't. Yeah. You could say anything. The other guys have the crystal ball, and then there's a forecast. Like, I, I don't know. They're all the same thing. That's right. We're predicting that somebody is or is not and going to this school. There are more of those with our logo next to it than we've had in a long time. For, for kids that you've heard of. Yeah, and, and that's the other part is when you have people who don't normally talk to you about recruiting, asking you about recruiting, you know good things are happening. Like when your friends in Tampa call you or my buddy calls me yep. and he's like, hey, did you see the uh, you see the uh, wide receiver we're about to pull? No. Well, you should go look at his tape. It's really good. Okay. All right. Now you got me. And you never make that call. You never say that to me. All right. Now I'm going to go look. Now I'm going to go look. Yeah, it's a good time. Things are looking up. Could be a constant theme. You could hit that button over and over and over again until you can't, right? So I'm sure at some point, maybe at the end of this week, maybe sometime next week, we're going to get news we don't like. I say that because that's normally the way things work out, but... Maybe not anymore. It could be remarkably quiet again this week. Mm. One can hope. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply James is listening from Kingsland, Texas, and he wants us to give some love to the softball team. Always, always, the softball team, you can set it and forget it. You always know the softball team's going to play well. You always know that they're going to be involved in games that matter in the postseason. That's who they are. It's like the, it's like the uh, soccer team. Looking forward to setting up shop if the weather allows. We know how regional weekends are, but I don't think uh, Hauser's going to host a regional this year. Just... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so if you want that action, you got to go out and see some softball, and that's only a few weeks away. My dad and both my boys were at the big win uh, over the weekend against Virginia Tech. They got the, they got to see the uh, losing streak snapped. Hung out with Johnny Mack and cheered on from uh, Section B. And now because they attended that game, I was told by Johnny Mack in a text today that um, – they now have to go to every game. Yep. There's just no way around it. Cause so is Opa sticking around? Yeah, I, I, I doubt it. Just for baseball, I doubt it. Especially a team that he saw lose uh, while giving up 24 runs over the weekend in a singular game. Whew. We came back from the show that we were at, and I said, hey, did they did they baseball team? No, they gave up 24 runs. <laughs> well, we scored nine. 24. I know Corey wrote about it on Warchant.com about the uh, rock bottom, you know, historically bad baseball season and what could be salvaged. Not a lot, but they did win yesterday and they haven't quit. After they gave up those 24 runs, they only gave up four the next night in a loss. But they fought and then they fought again yesterday and got a win. So there's that. Not much, man. I can watch Tibbs. ABs. That's what I do. I watch Tibbs ABs and then I go somewhere else because I can't watch them pitch. It's brutal. I never thought ever that I would be here in Tallahassee and bear witness to a season like this in baseball. Never thought it would happen. 23 r- runs would not have been enough on, on Friday. We no, they would have lost that game. Needed to bring 25 to the ballpark <laughs> to get a win. When you come to the ballpark, you're like, what, what's the race to today, guys? Couple good arms. I don't know. Five, four. I think we're going to need twenty-five tonight. Is a very different discussion. Uh, do you think that offensive players are walking in and who who do we got on the bump tonight? Oh, really? Him? Jeez. I may have to go four for four. You too, and you too. <laughs> I, I, I never really thought. I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I never really thought I'd ever see this. Marshall McDougal couldn't have won that game. No. I think to myself back when we beat TCU that I was glad I said 
Whether we win that series or lose that series, just remember, it really isn't going to dictate terms on the season. We were very excited about winning the series, and we thought there might be some good things there. It's a well-pitched series. But, alas, none of it mattered. TCU's not very good. That was, we're yeah. awful. Yeah. Did they shut down the program? In retrospect, <laughs> they, they should have. You think all throughout the year, the TCU players, like, looking at the scores? What the hell is going on in Tallahassee? Those guys came in here and abused us. It's funny. Um, we did we did get a couple guys in the portal for uh, basketball. We also had some guys leave, which is good. I did see where Matthew Cleveland is contemplating Mizzou, Auburn, and Miami. Anywhere but Miami, son. You can't go to Miami. They would remember you, though. You want to be paid Monopoly money? Go to Miami. Well, look. At the end of the day, I am uh, I'm going to be very interested. I not getting uh, Jalen Deloach was a little unsettling. I mean, don't you want to play with your brother? Don't you want to play with your brother, Jalen, or see him at least? You're not going to play football, but you'll see him in the athletic buildings, workout rooms, more center. You can hang out. No. He said, screw it. Sign with Georgia. Ooh. And uh, we, did get the, uh, the, the, uh, we didn't get the Hofstra kid either. Uh, he went to Alabama. So some of the guys, some of the high-profile names of people that we were going for have opted to go elsewhere. This was always going to be the problem, even if you could convince Bembry and McLeod and others to take it on down the road. And they did on the heels of Caleb Mills and Matthew Cleveland. Okay, now you've made room. You've gotten under the 13. Now you're down to 12. Good, you got some room. Let's bring in some... Well, still wait through the summer. That that would be the way I'd look at it. Of course, we want the best players, a lot of them, as they emerge right now. But there's going to be another wave. Kids complete their degrees. And maybe by June or July, we'll have a better answer. But it's a couple of new names. Yeah, I have uh, wanted to see uh, want some semblance of a winning season for him, and it starts now. It's the weirdest thing in the world because we're so locked into football and all that, but every day I'm checking that transfer portal for us um, in basketball just so that Ham can have, you know, a winning season before he calls it a day. I do think, bigger picture story, not a basketball story per se, but I said this when the NIL was becoming a thing, when we were learning that players were going to get paid and it was going to be on the up and up and that these kinds of deals were going to be in the offers. I thought it was a, a doomsday scenario for Florida State basketball because it, the, the schools that care about basketball, that invest their money in basketball, would presumably also have the biggest boosters to form NILs and collectives, uh, I should say, um, to make sure their basketball program wins. And we just simply... Well, we may have some boosters and we may have some NIL money. I don't think it's – I doubt it's competitive. Well, yeah. I doubt it's competitive to, like, any of the other programs we're seeking to compete with in the ACC. Yeah, they'll overpay, you know, um, by our from our perspective. They will overpay against the return on the investment. Yeah. And right now we're in a place where I think if you have a, an Uber Noel who's a booster and their money can go any which way, Football is still the priority at this point because it's it, the job is not finished there. The job is not finished. And NIL can go a little bit further at, at finishing the job, putting Florida State back in the conversation to where we can be like 
Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson has been for a long time in that halves conversation every offseason. A little work to be done, but we're getting closer to being that again. I think if and when that happens, basketball will receive a lot more discretionary dollars from boosters. Oh, right once now you're are, all the way back? Yeah. 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 I don't know, though, but Tom. I, I think long-term, it's, it's, it's going to be a problem. I don't think this is a, a dead issue right now. I, I, I do want to see what we do through the summer before I make a determination on what our presence is. And perhaps somebody sees what you're seeing. They're looking at the trades, so to speak, mm-hmm. and there's nobody coming here. And they get pissed off, and they say, all right, I've got X amount of dollars. Let's go. Let's, let's find some solutions here. Because that, that, the pool, the talent pool, is going to be there through June and July. Well, we talk a lot about big picture stuff because we're looking at the long-term future of Florida State athletic success. And usually that conversation begins and ends with football, understandably, right? So we we start with that. And we feel like um, that if football is winning, then other things reap the benefit uh, from that. We've talked about the trickle-down effect and all that. Where football, if you looked at the athletic budget for years, football had to win. It was almost like it was too reliant on football having winning and dominant seasons. And that's why we ended up with the pinch that we did and having the problems that we did, amongst other things. But the bottom line is, when football wasn't winning, you know, you, you thought, well, soon this will affect everybody else. Maybe not right away because you'd already built up a great infrastructure with softball and soccer and other things. And obviously Leonard had done a real good job with the basketball program. But we thought in due time it would begin to affect other things. And then – the conversation shifted because the world got turned on its head and collectives were needed. NIL became a thing. And the way we did the math had to change. Right. And TV contracts are now finally being discussed the way they should have been. Right. Yeah. But one thing is for certain. If, is So long as you're having the long-term big-picture question conversation, the longer we're in this conference, the more likely it is that none of the programs are good. Yeah. So that's where you've got to get to where, uh, you know, you get this football program humming, and then the next big thing that has to happen is we're the hell out of here because it'll affect baseball. Yeah. And you look around the SEC and the cathedrals they're building to play baseball in and the money that's there uh, for those programs, you, you're going to see, just like you did in basketball, this conference be far less competitive in those sports that we were once really good at. By way of comparison to the SEC, certainly. The longer we're here, the more likely that's going to happen. And so, you know, I still sit around kind of every once in a while and think, okay, let's let's rattle the cages again. Let's do it again. Let's keep doing this so that we become a thorn in the side. It becomes affordable, I think, for us in the next five or six years to just cut the check, whatever the size of the check is. The question is, can we get out sooner? And, and can we do so for less money? I mean, that's I think that's what the power struggle is right now is – how can we leave at a palatable price and how soon can we do so? And this summer will be interesting to see if if there are any developments there. But I think just knowing that that's going to happen in the next five years is it puts me in a calm place. Like you get worried about it. You're looking around the facilities. They aren't getting any newer. No, (laughs) you're seeing the paint. We put the lipstick on them, but that's right. Yeah. I know that that's coming as long as football can be the bridge right now. There's nothing that makes, giving to the boosters or the NIL collectives easier to lube the deal than football being good. It, uh, makes, it makes the spending contagious. And I think they're doing a really good job right now, leadership-wise, 
you hear Michael Alford talking about how big and robust the booster pools are at our competitors and what percentage of alumni are boosters and how little we have in that regard. Yeah. This is the time to hammer that message home when people's interest is skyrocketing through the offseason for football. So I think we've got a good leadership group in, in place to help us answer some of these big questions, which we did not for decades. We got asked a question uh, by David. Does FSU have the worst basketball slash baseball arenas in the ACC? No. No. Boston College sucks. Everything about their athletic facilities suck. Um, so, no. I'm trying to think. But it's not at the top either. You know? You're not saying we proudly have these facilities. No, no, you know? no. I, listen, <laughs> there's been a lot of firsts in the last two years for this baseball team. It's, it's, it's something. There was a time, and I remember this. I've told this story before. I went to Seattle, and I went out there with a buddy of mine, and we were on Washington's campus. And I've always wanted to see a football game there. I've always wanted to go and, and check out Washington. I've heard great things about the university. And I, that's what I do. When I travel, I go to towns that have universities. I go check out those universities, even if I don't care anything about them. I just, I, I like colleges and I like college towns. And anyhow, we went to uh, the campus bookstore. We walked around, went down on the field. It's a beautiful setting, you know, and all that. And I said, I wonder what Washington, I mean, they're in the Pac 12. I wonder what Washington's baseball stadium is like. Because they, they have where the university sits. I mean, it's beautiful. Right on the water. You're, you're all good. So we go over to that baseball stadium, Tom. It was akin to a little league park in a rundown city. Like, just totally. It, it didn't have anything. It had like three wooden bleachers. It was something. Now, I'm sure they've done something about it since then, but it was garbage. And at that time, I remember this was 2000. 1999, I mean, two th probably 2000. So 25 years ago almost. So a long time ago, yeah. And um, I remember um, thinking, golly, that stadium of ours, that is just the pride of college baseball everywhere. Dick Hauser is just something to behold. Look at that place. It's charming. It's beautiful. We're adding on to it. You know, I thought the world of that place. Little did I know that someday we would be well down the rungs of the ladder. Um, when it came to um, baseball stadiums, the infrastructure, and now the team. Now the team. But, yeah, first those things became dilapidated and problematic. And you go and you watch, you go to a Virginia game, you go to a North Carolina game, you go, you go to the NC State Stadium, you go, you go to those places, and you're like, man, they shouldn't have better stadiums than we do. Let's get it together. And then soon... I was saying it about every damn baseball stadium in the conference besides Boston College. Or Notre Dame. Yeah. Did we go by the baseball stadium? I think we did. We didn't know it, but yeah, it was just yeah. kind of Or there. Notre Dame. Right. Yep. Other than that, man, we are way down the list. If the dream, well, this is all, it's, it's like uh, cyclical because it's first things first. Football, we need you. Keep doing what you're doing. Like it. Like it. We're almost going to take our hand off of the <laughs> plate spinner. You're, you're going to spin on your own. You're fine. If that continues, then we can start to have these empire-building arguments about what's next, what's the most important thing. I would love to see the baseball stadium connect to College Town, a la the battery in Atlanta. It would be perfect. And you can do that. I, there are ways to go do this. Uh, no, by the way, Mark Light Stadium is not better than Hauser. That is correct, Noel Dad. You're right to bring that up. 
Um, no, there, there's several stadiums in baseball that, you know, you, you could say are on par with Florida State, and then there are several that are better. Um, and then there are a few, a hand, maybe three or four that are worse in terms of, like, yeah, Mark Light's on that list too. Um, I, yeah, I just, I, I, the big picture stuff, I keep coming back to because I fear we're going to be, we're going to stare out there one day and it's just going to be commonplace that we're not very good in basketball and baseball. And that scares me to death. Um, and, and the longer we're in this league, the more of a reality that that becomes because all the money will just go to football. We'll, we'll do everything in our power to stay, stay relevant in football. We know we will. It's a football school. We're a football fan base. It leads the way, and it should. I mean, we ended up long ago. Look at the size of that stadium. We, we made a decision a long time ago to be great at football. And so you have to be. It's, it's, it's who you are. Um, but it doesn't mean everything else will be good if we stay in this conference, we won't have the money. Yeah. The best coaches will go to the Big Ten. The best coaches will go to the SEC. The assistants will get paid well above and beyond what we can pay them. Your basketball coach and your baseball coach will be, you know, their, their salaries will be dwarfed by SEC rivals. And it just becomes a, a, a bigger and bigger uh, mountain to climb. So in six weeks' time, you turn 52. 52. This is just the old Matt Millar gut feeling. By the time you're 55, right smack dab in the middle of your 50s, you won't worry about this stuff. We're gonna be, we're gonna have those answers by your 55th birthday. You'll be very happy. So by my 55th birthday, and I'm coming up on my 52nd birthday. That's right. But by my 55th birthday, you're telling me that we're gonna be in the Big Ten. We'll, we'll be on the other side of the. We'll process. be in the SEC. We'll yeah. be in one of these two conferences. You won't have to worry about that by the time you're 55. There's just gut feeling. There is no intel. That's no inside knowledge. It's just I believe it, and so it is. You'll be fine. Yeah, problematic. Chef Cameron Show. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. I, I might want to note here, Tom, uh, somebody was aware of it. They did mention it in the chat um, when they saw my pirate set that the, the Buccos are, in fact, on fire. Uh, but here's some here's some more uh, evidence to that end. Oh, great! It's what everybody needs. The Pirates lead the National League in triples and stolen bases. The high-priced Mets do not lead the National League in stolen bases or triples. The Pirates do. The Pirates have stolen twenty-five of thirty bases. We just do it. Safe, safe. You hear that a lot. You're the guy in the stand shouting safe, safe when he takes off. As he takes off. There he goes. I safe. stand up safe. So it's very exciting. It's something to note. It's also true that um, we've played some bad teams and taken advantage of it. It's what you're supposed to do. But that's what good teams do. That's right. Take advantage of playing bad teams and beat them when they do. Are we good? I don't think so. But the Pirates. But you're not bad. By definition, you're beating up on bad teams. So that makes you not bad. Yeah, we're not we're not uh, nearly as bad as I thought we would be. Um, so let's put it that way. But not only are we much better than I thought we'd be, we're actually right now pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. What was the number? One sixty two. Was it uh, seventy wins? 72? I, I I bet on. I took I take the over every year with the Pirates yeah. just yeah. to do it, and I think it was sixty eight and a half. Woo. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Buddy. I'm going to blow past that over, buddy. Blow past it. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, worst teams in the league, the A's, the Royals, the Reds, the Nationals, the Rockies. Rockies. Way better than those teams, buddy. So we've kind of graduated up the list a little bit there. We're out of there. It's a strange division. Just looking at the standings of the NL Central. It's backwards. Like Milwaukee being good is no surprise. That, yeah. That's fine. But aren't the Cardinals uh, Cardinals still under 500? Oh, yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. And the Cubs are good? What? America's favorite fan base there, right? Yeah. The Cubs are good this year? Is that real? Probably not. Yeah. Still? They're, they're not as good as the Pirates. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just I give you little nuggets of baseball uh, information, and this one happens to be about the Pirates. That's all it is. Just saying, they're really fast. They steal a lot of bases. They have to because they're not going to hit a ton of home runs. It's a good ballpark for triples, too. But I will say, when you have Contreras, Keller, Hill, and Velasquez all give up fewer than two runs and go more than six innings Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday as your starters, that'll win you a lot of games. You need to continue, though, to bash Rich Hill for being terrible. I mean, it has to be what it has been or else you're going to break the streak. Because it borderline gets personal when we have probables and Hill is pitching. Because he throws 60. I, I, it's hard for me to watch him pitch. I'm like, look at you. It's like you used to hate the real tall guy. Chris who, Young. Yeah, Chris Young. Yeah. He's like 6'8 and threw like a child. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Now, I got to give Rich Hill credit. He's been in the league for 40 years. I mean, my man has been pitching in the majors since I was a little kid. So that's another reason maybe I'm agitated. I'm like, you're still around? What are you still doing? And then he came to Pittsburgh. I was like, all right. He was and probably his, teammates with Chris Young. <laughs> his first start, he got tattooed. His second start, he got tattooed. I was like, okay, why do we, why is Rich Hill here? And then the other day, my man was dealing, throwing a filthy 72, backing it up with a little 68, a little 65 slider away. What makes you more angry as a sports fan? A pitcher who doesn't throw fast at all, and he's got a standard delivery. All right, so it's, it's you know if you're a side armor or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. different rules. If you're a lefty specialist, Randy Choate, you know these are different rules. So is it pitchers who don't have velocity, or is it teams that cannot run the football or cannot stop the run? What what gets can't that stop challenge? the run is number one on my list. Can't I, stop I, the run. Yeah, number one on my list of things that I can't that if it's a team of mine that I cheer for and invest in emotionally and watch, Florida State, for example, when we can't stop the run, I have a hard time. I mean, that's a test of your manhood there. It's a football game. It is it is about being tough. You do have to be tough. I, when you can't stop the run, that drives me nuts. Um, so I don't – I can't even watch teams that don't stop the run. I, I get – like, once that you, you establish that as your personality, your MO, your, your, you know, that's who you are. If the Bucks can't stop the run, we're we're golfing on Scar Sunday. Uh, it's a scarlet letter. Yeah, dude, the whole oh, world knows it. Everybody knows it, and they scream it from the mountaintops. 
and well, they're right to because that is the it's the quickest way to lose a football game is just not being able to get off the field because you can't stop the run. Clock's just running. You know, you're just this is ridiculous. I think my least favorite thing, at least in football, might be when you routinely put yourself in position to get off the field on third down. It's third and ten, third and nine, whatever. Because you win first down, you win second down, but you don't have the pass rush to finish the drive. And it's third down, and the quarterback is just sitting there and mm. sitting there. Oh, yeah. And sitting there because you don't have somebody like a Jared Verse. And the Bucks didn't this past year. Mm-mm. So third and 11 down, doesn't matter. It doesn't feels, matter. It's a coin flip. It shouldn't be a coin flip. It should be you don't get this ever. Yeah. One out of 10, you're going to clear on third and long. But if it's up to 50%, that will drive me nuts because then I just watch the clock tick and the valuable plays that you're not putting your offense offense out on the field. That'll drive me nuts. Yeah. I, I you know, listen, I one of the things I'm most excited about with our football team this year, Florida State, is that I do think we'll stop the run. I mean, again, offenses have a huge advantage over defenses in modern football. It is, we've swung the pendulum too far the other way. We know that scoring is what the average viewer likes, and they buy tickets for high-scoring games, and they tune in. We look at the ratings. Games that are 38-35, 45-42 are always the ones that are most talked about and watched. But because the rules are so in favor of the offense, the way we view defensive football has to change. And it's hard because you've been doing it. Like, I'm, I'm 51 years old. I've been watching for 45 years. And for at least 38 of those, there was kind of a standard of what a good defense did and what a good defense was. And you could look at metrics and numbers and that bore that out. Anymore, if you're going against a good offense, just a good, not a great, just a good offense, even if you're a good defense, a very good defense, See Alabama's players. They have good players. A bunch of them are going to get drafted. They didn't get a ton of stops this past year. They give up a lot of points. If you're facing good offenses, you're going to give up 21 points. You just are. Yeah, probably 24. Yeah. So it's so weird to go to a football game now and, and watch it play out. And in the third quarter, you know, you're up, whatever you're up, 31-17, let's say, right? You're feeling pretty good about it. And then they score and it makes it 31-24 and you're frustrated, and then let's say you go on to win that game, 38-24. We walk out of the stadium, and you're like, well, good thing the offense played really well today, and you, you're not happy with the defense that just gave up 24 points. You're, you're pissed about a team, but that's not really even fair anymore, especially in college, especially in college, because they, the rules are even more slanted in college because linemen go downfield. All the RPO stuff is brutal on a defense. They a lot of your reads, a lot of your cues as a defensive player, you yeah. can't even no, you're doing the right adhere thing. to anymore. Yeah, you're doing the right thing and you still lose because they can bend the rules, break them really. But you're making the right decision on committing to the run or whatever it is, committing to coverage, and then you get burned because you get an extra couple of seconds to react. <laughs> it's just, I mean, one full second is all it takes for an RPO to go from tough to stop to impossible to stop, and that's that extra couple of steps for the lineman. I would say that, you know, when Nick Saban lobbied against that and, and brought it to everybody's attention, and he was right to do it, I thought they would make rule changes. I thought they would implement it the way they do in the NFL. They flag that every time in the NFL. It is one yard. It's That's all one you yard. Get. It's yep. what you get, and if you go any further, they're going to throw that flag. 
Um, but in college, it's three, and they never throw it, period. You'd be eight, and they don't care. And that is that makes it impossible to be elite defensively. Can't. You're going to run into a team that runs a ton of RPOs um, and, and, and gives themselves opportunities uh, against w- utilizing that rule that's overlooked. I, you, you can't be in a position. What do you think about the running clock? That rule changed. No we more should, stoppages on first downs. Yeah, for college. Yeah. So they're just adapting the NFL rule. I thought I expected, because there was some chatter about this with the people that are connected mm-hmm. nationally, that there would be a, a hybrid, you know, inside of two minutes, maybe they would stop the clock on a first down, keep it old school for, you know, last two minutes of each half. I don't see that as part of the provision. I think it's just the, it's the NFL. I want to go through all this, by the way, and um, and, and we can talk about that some. I remember, you know, how many great comebacks have you seen because of that rule? I mean, really, in college football, you can come back. You can come back in a way you can't in the NFL. The the spike such a viable play because you have time to get up there and line up. Yeah, I was um, always liked that element. I always appreciated that element of uh, the fact that, you know, if you're trailing, you have a chance in college because of the clock stoppage to make a big comeback. Yes, because you can use the middle of the field even Mm -hmm. without timeouts, which makes it much tougher on the defense to pick what they want to do. At the NFL, they just defend the sidelines. You can have the middle. You don't have enough time. But in college, you do until now. Well, I, I am kind of surprised they did it, though. It, it's, you know, we're, <laughs> we're moving ever closer to college football, not resembling college football. I think that's the, the larger discussion that we have all the time now. As long as we're on the right side of it, <laughs> it's okay. Hey, the uniforms are updated. These are, uniforms these are good look great. We had, we had the discussion. Uniforms look great. They I'm do. really pleased. You're not going to trust them until you see them soaking wet. You know, in the sun, under the lights, sweat. That's the test of the color, if it's the right color. But I think it looks good right now. looks good. Uh, we can get into rules change if we want uh, in the second hour. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.